What's up, dirt bags? Welcome to episode 182 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, what's going on? Living it. Living it. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by our good buddies over at Dakota Angler in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, we had Josh on last week, uh, and I'm not going to lie to you. I thought Josh kind of took it easy on uh, Nick and Todd. He did. I, I was kind of a little disappointed in, you know, that was his chance I was hoping to... for some good story, like some better stories than just Nick laying in the bushes crying because he had to run. Yeah, I was a hundred feet. I was so. hoping for a couple shots below the belt, yeah. and uh, you know, but I suppose he was just worried about Big Todd Dog firing him, <laughs> giving, <laughs> right. giving him the boot, bringing back Nick. <laughs> well, he knew that Todd had to play in that baseball game over the weekend, and he just didn't didn't want him to throw out a hip or anything like that. That's so, true. Because then he'd true. probably have to take care of him. So that's true. No, uh, uh, Dakota Angler in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, absolutely awesome dudes. Uh, uh, if you want to, go online, uh, dakotaangler.com, and use the code DIRTBAG at checkout for an extra 10% off. Uh, uh, you know, this weather's kind of starting to feel like fall. Gear up uh, for some fall fishing stuff. Uh, you know, tactic, tactics are going to be changing uh, as the water temperature starts dropping, and uh, I kind of looked at the 10-day forecast, and, uh, man, I don't think we're breaking 85 degrees. I'm kind of liking this. Yeah, it's getting chilly at night. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking having a – there's nothing better than a hooded sweatshirt and shorts. Yep. That's like my favorite. That's If you can be comfortable in that, that's the weather I like. Yeah, I uh, I prefer the jeans and a T-shirt, and then at night you you got you to gotta throw on the hoodie. That uh, – cow dang it, September weather, and it's starting to feel a little bit like September weather. Yeah, it is. But uh, – no, uh, check those guys out uh, over at Dakota Angler for whatever you're doing. Uh, swing in there. The, they've, they've got a super knowledgeable staff. Uh, uh, you know, kind of you know, tell them tell them what fish uh, species you're you're wanting to target, and I I think they can point you in the right direction. Yeah, they have equipment for just about everything you're really looking for. It don't matter if you're trying to chase some small panfish or. You know, walleyes, bass, whatever you need, and even catfish stuff. Even catfish. Uh, last week, Josh talked about uh, them getting in some more catfish and stuff. Kind of uh, sparked me and Matt's interest. Uh, so we thought, hey, let's get a catfisherman on. So uh, heading up to North Dakota this week uh, yeah, on the Red the River. famous Red River. The f- very famous Red River. Uh, um, Brad Durick is going to be our guest this week. Uh, Brad's kind of, not not kind of, Brad's very well-known uh uh, in this area and and up there in the on the Minnesota North Dakota border for catching some monster channel catfish and uh, so we thought we'd get him on so we're gonna get over to Brad and we're here today with Brad Durick Brad how are you good how are you guys doing really good tonight doing really good uh, Brad we always like to get our uh, episode started off with a couple random non fishing related questions so uh, I want to know uh, if you could go on a vacation right now anywhere in the world where would you go <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> you know I never even thought about it because I haven't been out of the state in so long I think right now I would go up north to northern Minnesota where we just recently bought some hunting land and actually look at it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good start. I mean, yeah. I mean, we bought it two months ago. I've spent a grand total of an hour with it. Really? Oh, yeah. What What are you planning on hunting up there? Is that bear well, or it's deer? White, it's whitetail country. I suppose it could be bear country, but uh, 
No, it was just an opportunity that popped in front of me and three of my buddies, and we said yes, and I was in the middle of guiding, and I handed one buddy the money, and they went and bought it and put it into our group, and that's that. And I've been up there for about a grand total of an hour to look at it. Well, all right, <laughs> that, that works out. So how's that? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I figure I'll see it in the off season, and I'll have it for 2023. That's kind of where I'm at with it now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that first season is always kind of a just – Get your bearings of it, and then go full bore in the off season. All right, I guess mine is going to be. Um, what was the last book you read? Well, you guys are good. We can do this all night. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the last book I read. Jesus, I write more books than I read. All right. Well, <laughs> well, was um, um, hold on. I got one here. It just give me a second. Um, the title slip in my mind, but just give me a second here. All right. It's, uh, the latest Mark Levin book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, not familiar uh, with Mark mm-hmm. Levin. So it's, uh, it's pretty political, but the title is slipping my, slipping my mind right now. All right. All right. Um, well, let, let, let's get into fishing then, uh, Brad. Uh, where, where exactly are you from? I am from Grand Forks, North Dakota, up on the Red River of the North. Okay. I got to ask, since you're from Grand Forks and uh, Matt and I are dirt track racers, uh, do you know Mark Dobmeyer at all? Oh, yes. I fished with him a couple times, actually. Really? really? Mark's cool. a fisherman, huh? Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> one of his buddies who's the track announcer over there uh, seems to drag him along from time to time, and we've had a couple of really great times out on the river. Heck well, yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. We we were talking uh, uh, before we started recording, uh, they got the front row challenge going on down at Oski, and, and we were talking to our neighbor, and we told him that we were interviewing you and where you were from, and he said, oh, you should ask him if he knows Mark Dobmeyer. Well, all right, I will. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> when do. I work shows in Sioux Falls, I get that all the time. Yeah. You know Mark Dobmeyer? <laughs> yeah, I think that. Uh, yes. Oh, yes, there's I only do. two people that live in Grand Forks. <laughs> yeah, like, Brad yeah, and Mark Dobmeyer. I mean, so. <laughs> Believe nice. it or not, I know, I think, two drivers, and he's one of them. Nice. That's That's nice. Now, uh, Brad, what, what are some of your early fishing memories? You've been fishing forever, or is it something that came on a little bit later in life? Or, Well, I tell you what, the more I look back on it, I have a pretty unique story. I grew up on a farm in western North Dakota, which is about four and a half hours from here. Okay. And I came to UND to go to school, and we just weren't a fishing family. Yep. And I mean, my best friend makes fun of me because I said once in college, I don't understand why you would go fishing and stare at a hook and line all day. <laughs> that didn't and age he well. Goes, in the next sentence, he goes, and I seem to get all my cool gear from you now. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I'm later. It was uh, the late 90s after I graduated from college. Um, I had a girlfriend and we went to her parents' lake place and it's like, if I'm going to ride around in this boat all day, I'm going to at least hold a rod and try to catch something. And, you know, one thing led to another and here we are 20 something years later. Yep. Was, was there one fish that kind of like sealed the deal for you or, or just not in particular, No, not in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty no discrimination on fish. I like catching all fish. I really like pan fishing. We don't do it very much. Nope. Um, I love lake trout fishing, but we don't get to do that very much because obviously they're not in this part of the world. Yep. 
but uh, it, it's kind of gotten to be the fight for me. But I don't really discriminate against fish. I always make fun of walleye fishermen because they're everywhere where I live. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. I always got to get the lick in there. You know, you go fishing for your trash fish or your bait fish or whatever I can come up with at that point. Oh, yeah. I, we, I'm we, liking we, you more yeah, and more. We tell a lot of our walleye <laughs> friends that 30 inch walleyes make really good cut baits. So. <laughs> <laughs> So we can be friends then. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's right. <laughs> so so then, you know, you're talking about how you really like all fish and stuff like that. Like, what made you choose? Like, what was it about the catfish that really, you know, sparked your interest? Well, you know, like everybody else up here, I was chasing walleyes. And, I mean, I, we went as far as I own a cabin in Devil's Lake. Okay. okay. So, I mean, we got the winter perch, we got the pike, we got the walleyes out there, and we had the place, and in the meantime, I picked up on the catfish thing because I could do it in the evening after work. You know, yeah. I could have the boat hood in tow, and I could change clothes at work and leave at 5 o'clock and be in the river at 5.10. Yeah. Literally, and that's kind of where it all started, and, you know, they were good fighting, and we had a guide in town here that... uh I got to be friends with and I started doing a lot of scouting for him and then he kind of you know you should maybe think about getting licensed up and doing this and you know here we are 20 years later and I'm the only guide left up here nice so you're, you're the only catfishing guide in that area there on the U.S. stretch yes okay okay now now Brad uh would you say catfishing has a stigma? You know, I think when when you talk about catfishing a lot, a lot of people think that uh, it's a guy with a pack of cigarettes and, and a case of beer sitting on a, on a bank, you know, more there for the beer drinking than it is the catfishing. And, you know, that, that that's kind of an unfair deal. It's just flat out not true, right? Well, yeah. And, I mean, when you grow up in walleye world like I am or live in walleye world like I do, I mean, that's what you get. I mean, I've been doing this. This is my 15th season. Yep. And I'll still run into somebody at some event or something. They'll go, oh, what do you do for a job? Well, I guide catfish on the river. You do what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is, but that's kind of how it is. But, I mean, I've watched it grow. I'm blamed for the bait shortages up here now because I've promoted it to a certain extent. Really? And, I mean, when I started... You had your hardcore group of about, I don't know, dozen to 20 people. Mm -hmm. And once the Cats Incredible tournament happens, which was last week, catfishing season was over. You had the whole river to yourself the whole month of August and September. You know, my complaint the last three days has been, where are all, why are all these people here? Cats Incredible is over. Yep. So, I mean, it's growing leaps, leaps and bounds up here. And I can see it in my local traffic through the guide service. I mean, when I started, if I ran two local trips a year, I was doing good. And I'm running one to two a week now, nice. 15 years later. Huh. Now, now, when I was looking, uh, I, I was looking online at, at the border there between North Dakota and Minnesota at that Red River, and that's just a tight, I mean, it just back and forth, back and forth, tight, tight zigzags. I mean, is that a, is that a super slow moving river there? It's not exactly fast. I mean, Montanans and people from the Missouri river areas come up here and laugh at us for when I say fast water, Really? because it's not fast. It really isn't. I've been to the Yellowstone. I've been to the Mississippi. I've been to the Tennessee yep. and really in the grand scheme, it's, it is pretty slow. I mean, you've, your, your, your ground there is super flat, right? Right, and yep. that is makes yep. flooding fun because it's constant. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
is how how are your river levels this year? Are you up? Or are you down? We're sitting good now. I would like to actually see some water to push us through the end, but I lost the first thirty three days I had scheduled this year to flooding. Yeah. Yeah, because you guys had a pile of snow up in North Dakota early on, right? Well, it wasn't the snow as much as the rain when the ground was still frozen. Oh, okay. that'll do it. Yep. And it just kept coming and coming and coming. So I'm I'm playing catch up right now, still. What What is the average depth for that river up there? Uh, the two stretches I'm on now, one is running about 12-ish down the middle. And then the other one above the dam is running probably about 17, 18 down the middle. Oh, wow, so that's that's fairly deep. Yeah. You know, last year, if you didn't have a jet boat in the second half, you weren't going a lot of places. And even with a jet boat, you weren't going a lot of places. But right now, you can run any boat you want anywhere you want. That's good. Do do the catfish shut off when that when that river gets low? When it got low, it got ugly. The fish started really acting negative. They got sickly. Um, about this time last year, I was shutting things down. I basically scrap the last six weeks of the season okay just because i didn't want people coming up here from wherever they were coming from and going home and saying that red river sucks and that guide's even worse he sold us a bill of goods yeah the fishing was that bad well hats off to you for doing that i mean you know i mean for for a guy that uh you know does it you know does it to make money you know i mean to turn down potential money that uh you know i i'd say you did the right thing there it was a lot of thousands of dollars, and I hope it pays off. <laughs> I, I believe that. Now, now, what is your season there? I mean, are you going from uh, shortly after ice out until ice up, or I mean, is there is there Typ- a true typically season? Typically, we get rolling mid May. It's kind of fifty degrees to fifty degrees. Okay, oh, all right. Fifty degrees on the way up till it gets back to fifty on the way down. That's kind of how it's how it's gotten to be. So most years you're thinking mid-May to right around October 1. Okay. Is there is there a magic number uh, there with temperature-wise when it's like, oh, yeah, now it's really game on? Well, on the way up, when you get into the low 60s, if it's not rising fast or falling, but just kind of hovering in that mid-60s with fairly stable water levels, I mean, it's game on. Nice. When, when did... Last year was low. We hit 60 degrees. I had a little bite figured out. And, uh, I mean, I, I won't even tell you how good it was. It was that good. Hmm. Every day it was like, okay, folks, this isn't normal. Don't expect <laughs> it again. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. This year we're in a very normal bite. <laughs> yep. so if they were with me last year, it's like, this is what it's supposed to be. Right. Yep. yep. So when do, when do catfish usually spawn? 70-ish degrees. 70-ish, okay. So we had a weird one this year. We missed the whole pre-spawn. It was 71 degrees the first day we got fishing, and the fishing was terrible. Well, they were on spawn beds. And then I don't know what triggered them off, but they came off the spawn beds, and whoever didn't spawn actually went in, and they're just coming out here the past two weeks. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. So it was a really weird year, but um, it went in cycles. So once we got on the bigger fish, it didn't really matter. Yeah, right on. Now, now, are you are you catching uh, channels, flatheads, and blues? We just only channels. We have channels. Okay, okay. I I knew from the pictures that it looked like uh, you know all all channels, but I didn't know if you occasionally did uh, did get a blue. Some of those nope. channels are big enough; they look like blues. <laughs> Well, I get that on a regular basis. Yeah, I was I was fishing with some 
veterans today, and we were talking about that. No, there's no blues here. People give me grief every now and again. You know, why do you keep posting such little blue cats? Well, <laughs> well they're not blues. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a compliment, the fact that they think that they're blues, that, the, that they are that big. Those are, those are monster channel catfish. Uh, well, let, let's talk about some of the tactics that you use. Uh, um, you know, what, I guess... And, and if you don't feel comfortable saying it, but uh, what kind of bait are you running? I mean, are you running live bait? Or are you using cut bait? Uh, uh, you know, what what are you doing? We're running, right now it seems to be leopard frog and cut sucker. Really? Yeah. Nice. Leopard frog. Nice, yeah. I love using leopard frogs you bet. for catfish. Yeah. Um, and they're changing, I mean, day to day, sometimes throughout the day. Uh, yesterday, by the middle of the day, I was sucker or sucker. <laughs> and today if it wasn't green and hopping they weren't going to take it until the, you know and then mid-morning they kind of switched over and then by the afternoon back to frogs right on now is that so like are you all doing... day i kept a couple suckers out there just in case they wanted to right. switch over now you go back a week week and a half if it wasn't a gold eye they weren't going to touch it really interesting it's a pain. I'd like them to just pick one. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, like, much easier. Yes. Or at least text <laughs> you and let you know yeah, in the like, morning. Hey, hey, at the ramp, just say, hey, this is what we're kind of hungry for today. You know, I'm a guy that mostly believes, you know, a good piece of the bait in the right spot is more important than what the bait actually is, but that has not been the case now for about two and a half weeks. Wow. If you don't have the right bait, you're not getting bit. Huh. How, how important are electronics uh, with what you're doing? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, when I teach people, I teach them to read current mostly. Yep. If you understand the on versus the off, you don't need electronics. If you know the depth and where the hole is at, if you understand what seam they're on, you're good. So that being said, um, it turns out I'm kind of an old codger now because I don't have any of the live, mega live or live scope or any of that stuff. Yep. Um, I really never want to leave home without side imaging, but I don't leave, use it much anymore. Uh, back when they put out Auto Chart Live on the Hummingbirds, I took the time and I mapped all my river sections. So I know where the head of the holes are, where the brake lines are, where the seams are. I know where everything is. So in my world, if I can figure out what current seam they want and what depth they want, it's just that seam and whatever color it says on the map. Mm-hmm. Which is very technological. I mean, that is a technology thing. Yeah. But that's what it came down comes down to to me. I don't look at anything but that map once I figure out what seam they want or what bait and what the bait they want. Now, now, do your contours and holes and whatnot change a lot year to year? You know, you talked about Not that flooding one that of my you maps had. is one of my maps is about five years old, and most of well, see our sandbars are clay. They're rock hard clay. Okay. Oh. So you get a hole that will fill in occasionally or open up occasionally because of the soft dirt, soft yep. mud. Yep. But for the most part, the sandbars and the clay bars stay where they are. So then you're dealing with hard hard versus soft transition, too. Yep. You know, I, I kind of blanket it into holes, but you're dealing with some hard versus soft transition points there, too. Yep. Now, what what's the craziest fish you've ever caught that, that wasn't a catfish? God, we've caught everything up here at one point or another. Really? Um, probably the wildest one I can remember is back before the guiding era. I had a clicker go off, and I set the hook, and it's, it rose to the top, and it's like, what on earth is this? 
and a really big muskie did a whole tail dance for me. No kidding. <laughs> That's cool. And as soon as it got its head down, that was over. But I saw it. I saw the whole fish. Now that, they're not normally up there in the red, are they? Well, they're in here. But, are they? Okay. I mean, we don't target them. I mean, pike are, you can target pike, but I usually don't go that shallow and target them. Yep. But there's big pike in here. Uh, there's obviously muskies because I've heard about people catching them, and I had that one on and saw it. But um, I've seen some small mouse. A friend of mine caught a perch. Wow. Another friend of mine caught a crappie. I've never seen any of that in person, but they're there. Yeah. What What's the most common other fish besides catfish that you catch while you're out on a trip? Oh, walleyes, hands down. You catch okay. a lot of walleyes? Yeah, they, and the, now that water's clearing this time of year, they're picking up frogs. They love yeah. frogs. Oh, yeah, so they do. You get too shallow with a frog, they'll they'll pick that right up. Well, that, that never hurts to have a bonus <laughs> walleye just for the hell of it. But, uh, um, you know, with, with river fishing, you know, going up and down on a river uh, in a boat, uh, there's got to be some pretty crazy stories bumping into stuff uh, uh, that, that you didn't mean to or, or you know, so something along those lines you ever had any crazy uh crazy things that got a little western on you no nothing too much i was with my kid once when he was six and he's got a big fish on and i turned around there's a cottonwood running us down <laughs> <laughs> that got a little hairy but we got out we lived yep yeah huh. other than that i'm pretty careful i was out there la two years ago during a summer flood and it, you know the covid year anybody and everybody was outside Right. And we're fishing, the water's coming up, it's, you know, it looked like a log shoot down the middle, we're doing our thing, and I hear clunk, bang, and then I hear a couple swear words, and then clunk, <laughs> bang, and somebody decided to go in the river, and they were told you drive down the middle so you don't hit the deadheads, well, it was a log shoot down the middle, so they're <laughs> bumping into all that junk, they didn't realize that it's up 10 feet, you can run right, the banks, right. yeah. you're not going to hit anything, <laughs> yeah. huh? and... We were driving in for the day, and they got behind us, and we came around the corner, and there was an entire cottonwood tree going down, and they put the brakes on, and all I heard is, now what? And I'm like, come over here, guys. Follow <laughs> us in. It'll be okay. <laughs> wow. No, I'm but sure. No, other than that, you know, not, not a lot. Nothing too super outlandish. I mean, everybody gets their deadhead. Everybody gets their floating log. Everybody tears off a prop. Yeah. But... Nothing too outlandish for me. That's just part of being on the river, I suppose. But uh, now, now let's talk a little bit about uh, guiding, Brad. Uh, how long have you been guiding? This is the fifteenth season. Fifteenth season, and uh, you're you're part time or full time? I'm full time right now. To make up for this year, it seems like I'm running eight days a week. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. And so what what does a what does a trip with you look like? Is that uh, only morning trips, only afternoon trips? Is that uh, either or? Uh, what... I pretty much only run full day anymore. I ran a couple half days last week, but for the most part I'm 8 to 4. 8 to 4. 8 to 4. Typically. Now, do you think um, do you think that that's kind of like people is that a surprise? Like a lot of people think like oh catfishing you do that at night a lot of times what a lot of people do um up there is yeah, it? Yeah, I hear I hear that a lot. But you know, back when I was part time, I always had somewhere to be in the morning. Right. Yep. And I used to push a lot of half day evening stuff, and 
when it went full time, I pretty much went banker hours, and it hasn't really affected me much. Oh, that's yep. good. Yeah, you know, I used to, when I went full time, I still had a kid to get to daycare, and I still had a kid to pick up from daycare, so it just always kind of worked. But um, he's never really seen any need to adjust from that. Now, now you were talking uh, before we hit the record button uh, um, to uh, or that that. Uh, you you made a seven mile run the other day and uh i mean is that uh is that pretty normal i mean are, are you sticking around the grand forks area i mean are some days I'm, you I'm putting a on 20 fishermen okay the local tournament guys kind of make fun of me because i never travel too far well if you don't have you to know, don't they'll, do they'll it. have a they'll have a three-hour league and they'll take a 10 mile run and i'm like the longer i can keep lines in the water yeah. the better well so i don't gas I don't is make cheap the runs unless i have to <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt about I that. I mean, if somebody thinks they need a 15-mile run, I'll give them a 15-mile run, but it's an hour out of your fishing day. Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. So if I can get the bike going closer to town, I'm going to take it just to keep the lines in the water. Yep. You know, sometimes I've been so busy lately, I've been, about every third or fourth day, I'll make the big run just to get fresh water. Uh, yeah. Now, the past yeah. couple of days, I've been, sw- I actually switched to a different section where I was at a couple of weeks ago, you know, before a tournament hit. So I was doing really good up there, but then you get 65 boats in there. That messes up your water. So I bailed on that and went to a different section. Now I'm starting to go back up there again. And that's just to break up spots. Yep. Now, now with that, you know, if, if you bring some clients today to a spot, can you bring them back tomorrow and, and fish that same hole? Or, or I, I mean, can, but I won't. Yeah. Not what? this time of year. In the spring, I will. Okay. Because right. they're migrating and they're moving and they're... You know they'll cycle through during the night during the night okay but this time of year they seem to be more home bodies so typically i try to run a four to five day rotation on spots okay that makes sense so yeah. everything i looked at today i won't even think about it till next week okay have you ever had it uh, where you caught a fish and you knew damn well that you had caught that fish the week before you know some some uh, special marking on it or anything like that or doesn't that really happen oh yeah um and I can prove it because from 2012 to 2016, University of Nebraska was tagging fish. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I caught quite a few of those tags multiple times. Really? Oh, that's cool. Now, now you know, you you were talking about that migrating. Do you know, like, how, how far are those fish migrating? Are they going up into Canada? They're coming from Canada. They're actually. coming from Canada. And, and heading where? Uh, if the water's high enough and they can clear the dams or the gates are open on the Canadian side during the pre-spawn they will just keep right on swimming until they find something they can't swim against okay and then generally the water gets low enough they can't go back until it gets high enough so you know we had extended extended flooding so i was actually worried they were going to come in do their spawning thing and take off right yeah and some of them may have but uh, for the most part we're seeing a lot of canadian fish down here right now Nice. Do they have an accent when they... <laughs> Everybody asks that, but no, they look different because uh, fish that live in the river seem to be longer and more athletic. Yeah. Okay. Where fish that live in Lake Winnipeg tend to be shorter and stouter. Really? I can see that. And, yeah. you know, I can I can see it in their tails. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're thicker and stouter because they don't have to fight the current and they don't have to be near as athletic when they're living out in that lake. That, that, that makes sense. Matt, right. I would say that you're more of a, a, a river fish, and I'm kind of more of a Lake Winnipeg <laughs> fish. 
So, <laughs> well, agree. if you've seen me, I would be living in Lake Winnipeg. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're buddies just, up there in Lake Winnipeg. <laughs> just, just waiting for that sucker or that frog to come floating Damn by. Right. You guys ain't chasing but, uh, him. Yeah, you can tell. If you've seen enough of them, you can tell. Oh, yeah, I believe I, that. Yeah. How many, like, on average, how many people go on a guide trip with you? Is it two, three, just one? Well, I don't like more than three, so it's right. typically two or three. Two or three. Okay. Um, occasionally we'll get a fourth one in, but it's usually a small kid because they don't have to be as comfortable and yeah. people How, let the kids catch fish. North, North Dakota, uh, rule or, or I guess North Dakota, Minnesota, you're on a, a boundary water there. Uh, how, how many lines are you allowed to have per person? We get two. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Now, uh, um, you, er, earlier I heard you talking about, uh, running a clicker. You running like Abu Garcia, um, uh, bait casting reels there, or, yep. or Abu Abu. Actually, right now I run Abu catfish specials. Okay, sixty-five catfish specials. Okay, and what are you pairing that with for a rod? Uh, the new ugly stick catfish special seven footer. Okay, and and that's kind of what you're running clean across the board. That's all I'm running right now. Uh, I was running eight footers, and this year I couldn't get eight footers to get a ma- get my matching set, so I ordered sevens, and it seems they're working better. Really? Hmm. Okay. So I'm probably not going back to eights. I like the fight that the sevens are giving me, and I like the hookup action on it a little better. Yep. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the eight footers because I've run them for years, but uh, I, I, I like the I like the bend a little better. I think it's hooking up a little a little better and giving a little better fight. Right on. What what pound test do you usually run in on thirty those? pound thirty pound big game? Yeah. Okay. Nothing too expensive. Nothing right. too extravagant. Yep. Well, yeah, because I'm sure you lose plenty of equipment up there with snags and everything like that. Yeah, you can put $30 a spool braid on, or you can put $10 a spool mono on. And when you're running a dozen reels, you uh, you know the difference pretty quick yeah. in price. Yeah, I believe that. Um, now, now let's talk a little bit about these catfish tournaments. Uh, you've been hosting catfish tournaments now for, for a while, is that right? Yeah, this is my eighth year as a director, I guess. Okay, and what did you what did you say that that tournament was called? Well, I've got Shields Boundary Battle, which I started in 2015. That's kind of my baby. Okay. Uh, that's here in Grand Forks and East Grand Forks. That's kind of a that's a unique layout in the fact that it doesn't have the big first prize. It's all categorized. Mm, yeah. Okay. So if you win a lot of categories, you win a lot of money. Okay. Um. One team could win $5,500 in that tournament. It's a 50-boat max. So it's good money for a 50-boat tournament. Yeah, um, yeah. But 2000 is first place, but we pay 1000 a day to the winning team. 500 for big fish, and then we have a slot up here, so we pay 250 for the heaviest slot. So, like I said, you win a lot of categories, you can win a lot of money. But then the cool part is, say you take a zero on day one, there's two thousand dollars in new money on day two, right? So, so there's a reason to come back. You can yeah, still exactly. win the day. You can still catch the big fish. Yep. You can still get the big slot. And then we have a sponsor that pays the hard charger, which is the f- most spots moved up from day one to day two. Nice. That's cool. That, yeah, that, that gives them some incentive to not put the boat on on the trailer yep. and go home. So that's a unique tournament. That's kind of my baby. That's the first one that I ever did. Yep. And then now I got the the shields catfish classic in moorhead which we started this year which is just a one-dayer and 
they seem to want it back. The fishermen seem to want it back. So I guess I'm doing that one next year again. And then now coming up this weekend, we got the Catfish Capital Challenge in Drayton, okay. which is 45 miles north of me. And uh, that one's sponsored by the Drayton Chamber of Commerce. So I work for them this week. Nice. And then uh, they do a raffle in the winter, so they guarantee $10,000 for first prize. Oh, can't beat that. Great. Yeah. Now, now, do you get, is, is the people that are coming and fishing these uh, mostly North Dakota and Minnesota residents? I mean, do you get some Canadians down uh, back nope, when? we don't get many Canadians. We do have a Canadian this weekend. Nice. But for the most part, all of these tournaments have, uh, we got a pretty good tournament contingent here in our general area. So I'd say about half of it, of all these tournaments, is those, those okay. guys. Now, and then the rest trickle in from other places. So we got some Drayton folks this weekend. We're getting quite a quite a group of people from Montana that are coming over. Oh, wow. Because catfishing's big in Montana now yeah. on the Yellowstone River. Okay. But they don't get the catfish we get. So the Sydney area, which is right over the Montana border, a lot of those guys are heading over this way these days. <clears throat> we always get the Iowa guys and Nebraska guys. We got an Illinois team this weekend. Um minneapolis st paul although i think we could do better down in that market but uh we got quite a few coming in for that going for that ten thousand. yeah so they're really coming from all over the place then is there is there a friendly rivalry uh the north dakota guys feel like they got to kind of protect their turf and and take home that trophy or not oh yeah oh yeah that's <laughs> yeah. a that's a pretty big deal and yeah. uh you know when we we got a big catfish league here too so they're fishing every week yep they have a really good, uh, you know, idea, and they got their thumb on the pulse of the river from running Catfish League every week. And then, uh, you know, for not necessarily related, but you know, we're our tournaments are all polygraphed, our big ones. Really? Oh, oh wow! So, um, we, you know, we've wiped cheating out of catfishing. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good, good thing. Yeah, I mean, hell yeah. yeah. Have you ever have you ever busted somebody for cheating? Nope, you, we have not. Okay. But there was another tournament in the area that I'm not affiliated with that called my polygraph guy and was just running down asking the questions like we all have asked. And he said, you know, I got off the phone with him and I looked up the past winners that they were a little concerned about. And he goes, I've examined most of them at one time or another, so I don't think cheating's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, that's good. But, I, mean, I mean, it's mean... cool. When we did the first one, everybody was scared of it. Yeah. And he what? came into the meetings, and he explained everything. He said, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And it was, you know, real low-key how we're going to do it. And, you know, we're eight years into this, and he'll turn up at a tournament, and they'll all come and shake his hand and go, God, I hope I get to talk to you on Sunday. Right. Oh, yeah, it's it's a good problem to have. To yeah. have to if they're walking and... up to him and saying that, you know they're not cheating. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, when you're talking $10,000 to win, I mean, you you know, I mean, people do people do goofy stuff for five bucks. They'll do some really goofy stuff for ten thousand. Right. But, so yeah, we're a no call state, so you got to make your decisions on the water. Oh, oh wow, okay. Really interesting then. Yep. You know, and that's the big one. Yep. Is, you know, and most of the time, I know who the winners are by about one o'clock in the afternoon because they're done fishing. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Once you have your fish, there's no reason to stay out. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Right. Huh. Well, how many fish are you like? allowed this weekend's four okay you're four and because we have slot limits each team gets two over 24 inches and two under 
All right. Okay. So, yeah, there is a lot of strategy that goes into it then. Well, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do on day one of a big fish river with a big fish tournament if you catch a 12-pounder? Yeah. Yep. Uh, the smart thing to do would probably be throw it back. Yep. <laughs> yeah. As crazy as it sounds, it's like, yeah. Two years ago, 10 minutes into the tournament, we had a guy throw a 14-pounder back, and it cost him $10,000. Oh, Oof. <laughs> That'd be tough to... Yeah, you think yeah. about that for a while. What, what What's the biggest channel catfish that you ever caught up there? Uh, I had one flirting 30 once, but I didn't have a scale, so I can't verify it. Okay. That is a huge uh, channel. We yeah. had a 27, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago now? We had a 27 that I did verify. Wow. What what would be your average fish that you guys catch? The past few weeks, it's been running. If you take the day and average, it's usually right around 10 pounds. All right. Wow. All so right. just using today as an, as an, as an example, we got... Uh, three in that three to five pound range we got a nine pounder everything else was 14 plus <laughs> wow now do you is it all catch and release is or do you guys they ever keep small ones if i they was going to say small ones yep. but uh, my boat rule is anything over 24 inches goes back yeah fair yeah, enough that's a good rule yeah we we've got a river that comes through our town uh, we're here in northwest iowa and uh, uh the rock river comes through our town it's tributary of the big sioux and uh, you know, occasionally there'll there'll be somebody that uh, catches a nice flathead, but uh, uh, ch channel catfish like that—that's unheard of down here. Yeah, when you get to anything over ten, you're—I mean, that's really big for our. Oh river. yeah, and that's why your area is such a good market for me. Yeah, yeah it I is. Did. I mean, we have a lot of guys that do like to target catfish, and they see the pictures, they see those things up there on the red and there's a lot of guys that talk about yeah, one yeah, i know a there. lot of people down in that neck of the woods yeah all good guys right always <laughs> <laughs> now, now you I do have fun down there i mean the problem i have when i'm in the sioux city area is getting back to my hotel room alive <laughs> <laughs> i can i can believe that now, now do you do some of the trade shows like in sioux falls and whatnot i've been there i've done some speaking for sioux Big Sioux Cat Anglers over in Akron. Yep. Uh, I've been the MC over at the Lewis and Clark Cat Classic in Yankton a couple times. Nice. That's not happening this year, but uh, um, yeah, I've done a lot of things. I've done Catfish University in Sioux City at least three times. That's right. I, I remember uh, seeing that. That's awesome. What What exactly is that Catfish University for the listeners? Well, when we get down there, I invented that oh, 10, 12 years ago. As part of my research project, just, you know, educational, how to rig and set up and catch fish. And then as I learn things, I add things to it. But uh, the last couple times we've been down in the Sioux City area, we'll bring in someone from Des Moines who drifts lakes for catfish because I don't know how to do it. Yep. I'm not going to fake it and try to teach you. So I bring somebody in to take an hour and a half and do it. Uh, we've had Ted Ellenbecker lives down in that general area. He's a flathead guy. Yep. And just talked about targeting big flatheads. We've had, uh, you know, Spencer Bauer from River Certified in and talk about kayak catfishing. We've had uh, people come in and talk about ice fishing channel cats. Uh, so it changes whenever we're around. I try to change it up a little bit. Yep. If I can, f I would like to find somebody in the general area who's really good at blue cat fishing in the Missouri for the next time. Yeah, because that's one area we have not touched on in that. Okay, 
Huh. And then everything I do is like basic rigging. And then my big thing is is understanding current, which is universal to catfish and rivers. Yep. So I spend mo- a lot of my speaking time on that these days. Now, now what is that exact? I mean, is that uh, uh, somebody who wants to go pays $50 and, and it's a Saturday-Sunday deal? or, or It's what a it- Saturday. It usually gets... The last time we did it down there, it started at 9 in the morning, and we were trying to get done by 6 o'clock in the evening with a lunch okay. hour. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, know. it's worth 50 bucks if you want to learn how to fish. It's, I mean, your your brain is done by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Where, I mean, I've been to a, enough of them that, and know the speakers. I try to skip speakers and go back because I go to them a lot just to actually comprehend what I'm hearing. Yep, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I'm lucky enough you know to be there enough times to do that to walk out on the lake guy to listen to the flathead guy so the next time i hear that i can flip the two and actually understand what i'm hearing yep yeah brain needs a little bit of time to kind of process what's all going down you know the way i mean we like when i do local catfish university i usually break it into three nights three evenings in three weeks just because a lot of it gets so technical that, you know, an hour of listening to me go on about on versus off current and how to read it, uh, your brain is done. No, no. what do you mean by on versus off? Just, well, just. I mean, in, in, a, in, in the quickest way you can. I mean, I understand over in audio. In a podcast form, it's hard to explain, but if, an, if a river turns on an outside bend, we've all learned that that's where the hole creates and that's where the water's the fastest, especially, you know, if you look at the bank, it's usually ripped out because high water comes in, grabs the dirt and pulls it in. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the basic on current, but there's places that the current pushes away from the bank, which is usually an inside bend. And if you can find that spot, say you get a big weather front, say you have fast cooling water, fast warming water, fast rising water, they're going to leave that point of most resistance of that on current on that outside bend, and they're going to scoot across to that off current to try to avoid the pressures. That's what I mean by it. And there's, you know, straightaways you can find the off current points. I mean, there's a lot of more technicalities you can go into it, but everything I do is based on that anymore. If we get a front, I move to the on versus off. And when I originally wrote my first book, it was called lateral movement, which in a lot of cases meant instead of casting to the outside of the bend, cast to the inside. Okay. But for whatever reason, that became so difficult for people to comprehend that it's, you know, some big word. So I just went with on versus off. On is the outside, off is the inside, and of course you can go from there. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Now, how many how many books have you written? Two, and there's a third one written if I'd ever get to editing. Nice. Nice. Now, Brad, I mean, uh, it's been sitting on my laptop for three years, so obviously it's a priority. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you'll get around to you'll it. Get it. You'll get around to it. Now, uh, Brad, I I told you that uh, we'd probably have you on for a half hour. Uh, we've gone ten minutes past that, and uh, I don't want to don't want to waste waste your whole entire night uh, sitting here talking to us. But uh, um, before we let you go, I know that uh, you've got some companies that uh, that do help you out. If you want to give them a shout out, uh, uh, this is, this would be your time. Oh, well, that's awesome. Um, my big ones are Abu Garcia, Ugly Stick, Berkeley, Line Reels, Rods, Berkeley Hooks, uh, Cat River Anchors, 
are a big one. I use them every day. Driftmaster rod holders, big frig coolers. Uh, that's the that's the big ones I deal with. Um, they take good care of me. They keep me in gear and line and hooks and everything just to keep this crazy machine of mine rolling. So, you know, you always got to thank them. And, uh, you know, they provided good quality gear for, I mean, Ugly Stick's been around as long as I've been alive. Yep. Yeah, yeah you can't beat them. So... But it's a, they're a good partnership. I've been using Abu Garcia since I started catfishing over 20 years ago, so it was a really great partnership for something I already liked. Yeah, yeah and, you can't uh, beat that. Definitely. You know, that's one of the things, you know, you you take care of them. They provide everybody. You don't have to get that expensive in this game. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, you know, catfishing anymore, what I say in seminars is when you're buying your gear, your limitation is your checkbook. Yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> you know, electronics are a big deal. But when I started, a side imager was $2,000. If you get on the used market now, you can get them as low as 200 bucks. Yep, yep. Yeah, you can. You know, and every year the good people at Humminbird just keep making it cheaper and cheaper as they're adding technology. <laughs> no, yeah. that's, uh, that, that, that is true, though, you know, talk, talking about, uh, you know, lim- limiting by the, your checkbook and whatnot uh, and but but you don't always have to go new, you know. You you can buy used. Yeah, just don't buy it from me because when I'm done with it, it's usually wrecked. <laughs> but you're hard you're hard on your gear. That's right. I'm hard on gear. That's that's one of our mottos around here is like we're hard on our gear. Yep, that's right. So, no, uh, Brad, uh, we appreciate you uh, being on uh, the episode this week, and uh, um, you know down here where we're at here in northwest iowa we talk a lot about walleye fishing we talk a lot about you know pan fishing and and bass fishing but uh you know cat fishing just is one of those deals you know that uh uh you know kind of gets overlooked and matt said it the other day he's like you know i think we should probably have a cat fisherman on and i'm like hey i know the guy so uh yeah i i it, it was a lot of fun sitting here chatting with you Oh, yeah, I could go on all night because it's my favorite topic. I talk about it all day. I usually talk about it all night. Nope. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that, that's, it's, it's in your DNA now. You know, that's awesome. So, so well, you guys, thanks for having me. It's been a, been a treat. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. All right. Talk to you later, Brad. All right. Thanks. Yep. There he goes. That was Brad Durick uh, up there on the Red River, uh, uh, Great White North, North Dakota, <laughs> Minnesota border. Uh, pert near Canada, basically, basically Canada. So, uh, no, Brad, uh, a lot of knowledge there on catfishing. Uh, um, you know, if, if you don't follow Brad's, uh, uh, fishing page, uh, it's well, it's well worth it. Uh, like I said, you know, those, those channel catfish are to the spot where it's like, oh, dang it. I think that's a blue catfish. Yeah. Like, they're, they're built different. That's yeah, for sure. So fatty patties. So definitely if, I mean, if you've got any interest in targeting catfish and ever thought about going up to the red river, get a hold of him yep you know go out there obviously as you could tell he he knows that place yep you know and and you know catfishing isn't something that i think a whole lot about anymore you know i i used to do it but uh i was more uh the type that get five packs of cigarettes and a couple <laughs> cases of beer and i'd sit uh sit uh on the river bank uh, with a couple of buddies and you know we we said we were fishing but we were there for one reason and one reason only and it wasn't to catch fish every once in a while we did catch some fish but uh right uh, you know sometimes we'd uh fall asleep and wake up today i was down at the river doing a little fishing and i was thinking i need to go catch some frogs and float some frogs here. oh yeah now that the 
now that we got a little shot of rain and the river yep. has come back up, it, it's going to be good. No, that's that, uh, e- even, you know, sitting on the bank and just casting out, you know, the bait clickers and whatnot, uh, you know, we used to do a ton with, uh, chicken liver. And then, you know, as we got figuring it out a little bit more, we, we started using cut bait and, and, you know, live big chubs and whatnot. And I don't know, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun. You know, they're, they're good fighting oh, fish and, you know, we, we always let everything go personally. You know, I don't, I don't care if you, if you want to keep some for, you know, to smoke or whatever you want to do, but, uh, I don't know. They're, they're a lot of fun and, and there, there's something, even, you know, the diehard walleye guys, the diehard bass guys, the diehard panfish guys, you know, just go do something different. Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think to... everybody should, should go and target something different. You know, that's, that's why a couple of these multi-species tournaments, you know, it's kind of good for everyone. You know, it, it makes them go and catch something different. Yeah. It doesn't have to become your new favorite, but you know, you can walk away from that day being like, you know what? Like that, that was yeah. fun. You know, I don't want to do it every day, but that was fun. Yeah, it's good to always do that. So then, you know, it makes you look forward to going back to what you do love to do. I mean, you need to mix it up every once yep. in a while. And it just flat out makes you a more well, well-versed angler. And, yeah. and I guess, you Gives know, you a good respect for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, one more thing that I wanted to touch on, uh, before we get, you know, way into the show, I guess we're already way into the show, 50 some minutes into the show, but, uh, um, we do have these, uh, hats, um, that we're going to be ordering pretty soon. Uh, you know, a lot of people commented on the, on the Facebook page and, you know, wanted, wanted hats, wanted hats. Well then, uh, you know, we, we put the venue out and, uh, you know, we, we, we do have a lot of people that have Venmoed or whatever, but, uh, um, you know, I guess we don't want to sit and order these hats and then have somebody say, well, I commented. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, you uh-huh. did comment. But, uh, if, if you do want a hat, uh, shoot us Venmo, we, we probably will buy some extras, but we're not going to buy 10, 20, 30, 40 extra hats. It just, you know, doesn't work out that way. So, uh, if you do want one for sure, uh, shoot us a message. If you don't have Venmo, we'll work something out with you. I mean, uh, you know, if, if, if you're somebody that we halfway know, you know, we'll get you one and we'll meet up with you sometime, you know, whatever. We'll we'll make it work. Uh, at the end of the day, we just want people wearing our hats. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so that uh, that's mostly it. Matt uh, did a little tournament fishing this yeah, past weekend. Did. Tell me more. It, it felt good to jump back into it, do a team tournament. You and I have talked about doing it again here. or We've never fished a team tournament no, we together haven't. before for bass. Because I mean, you, you're afraid I'd carry right. the team. <laughs> I don't care. It's a team tournament. <laughs> as, long as, as long as we're catching fish, no. I'm uh, the MJ to your Pippin. That's, that's right. That's, that's, that's right. It is. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not saying that you're bad, but you're just not the best. <laughs> I'm just giving you hell, man. No, I know. Uh, no, I... My but buddy, seriously. My buddy Joe May... <laughs> text me on friday and that said, that was your old tournament partner yeah, you and yeah, joe, joe used to fish a lot of yeah, tournaments to together quite yeah. a bit together and then uh yeah he texted me friday morning and said hey you want to fish in tournament tomorrow on lake Ponset?" and i was like well let me see what i got going if i don't i sure will and so it's like all right let's go do it it was part of the usa bass and glacial lakes yep bass yep. Thing. harry ladner up there. yep yep he ran it and uh so we went up there i got up at about 250 in the morning and that's good for you builds character yeah, i know Went up to Laverne and met up with Joe, and we took off for Old Lake Ponset. And we knew the forecast going into it that it was supposed to be rainy in the morning. And uh, yep. as we were driving up there, it was lightning good. We got to the old boat ramp on the south side there at the state park. They have a new – they redid the boat ramp yeah. there. They added it, like, another one further okay. up. 
it's a heck of a nice little parking lot and everything nice. like that. But we got there and it was just like holy buckets. That wind was howling out of the northeast and there there were rollers. I mean, they yeah, I it was that. going. So you know, everybody sat in the parking lot for a couple hours. Harry could see on the radar that it was going to clear up at about eight o'clock. We were supposed to take off at six and. Once it did, it was still kind of breezy, so we changed the. He had us go to a different ramp for safety reasons. That was an easy get to, and yep. yeah, we fished. Uh, ex- got the hour, got another hour extended with that two-hour delay, and you know we caught smallmouths all day long because there's no largemouth in the lake that I know of. Yep, I mean it's a pure some smallmouth tournament, and uh, uh, I think we ended up having about just under eleven pounds. Ended up in fifth place. Winning weight was right at about 15. I think there's one team with 15, one team with 14, 13, and, you know, yep. a couple of us right in there with that 12, 11 pounds. So that was fun. Like I said, we caught a lot of fish. Um, didn't catch any walleyes, which surprised me. I figured, you know, the way we were fishing right. that we'd stumble into a walleye here or there. Joe did catch one nice big northern, but other than that, it was all smallmouths. And it's a 12-inch, you know, minimum. So Okay. Had we you did ever, a lot of calling. Have, have you ever bass fished on no, ponds before? No, this is my first time over even open water fishing on ponds. Okay. So. Well, that's cool. You know, it makes you, makes you go up and do something a little bit different. And, well, that's, and, I mean, that's why I kind of was like, yeah, I'll do it because I've yeah. heard about the bass fishing up there and everything like that. And yep. Figured why not give it a shot. And no, you it bet. was, it was, it was a good time. It's fun fishing with Joe again. So hopefully we can get into a few more tournaments again and get after it. So. Yeah, you bet. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to touch on uh, on this episode, uh, uh, the 2023 Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's Master Walleye Circuit schedule, uh, I believe, was released this morning. Um, next year in March, uh, they're going to be Spring Valley, Illinois, April, uh, Monroe, Michigan on the Lake Erie, Detroit River area, uh, then May, Red Wing, Minnesota, June, Cleveland, Ohio, on Lake Erie, July, uh, Bay of Green Bay, Acanto, Ocanto, Acanto, I don't know, something Wisconsin, Acanto, I don't know, know. I'm not from Wisconsin, Uh, Lake Francis Case out of Wagner, South Dakota, uh, Cass Lake in Minnesota, and uh, the 2024 World Walleye Championship, uh, Lake Huron, Alpena, Michigan, so uh, that's a little bit of news uh, with the walleye fishing world. Um, but, uh, otherwise, uh, I think it's time, uh, you don't got nothing else, do you? That's all I got. All right. Uh, let's get into the freedom brew, 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 good news story of, uh, the, of the week, uh, freedom brew over there in Larchwood, Iowa, my good buddies, Austin and Brianna, who are some of the best people in the whole entire world. Uh, uh Emily stopped in there a couple times. Had dirty dog working over there now. So she's kind of swung in there and had herself some freedom brew and is loving it. So if I, if I even uh, got a punch card, really? Yep. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be real dangerous if I li- uh, worked or lived anywhere near freedom brew, you know, I'm 20 miles away and that's, that's the, yeah. that's the spot. Uh, where you know you just can't quick run over there if it was 10 miles away yeah. I'd, I'd probably be call you the frappuccino kid that's what they would call me <laughs> god dang it like I, I i don't know i don't know if it's girly coffee but that caramel frappe like i'm i i don't know i, don't I just see. god dang it I, i'm not sure if i love 
the frappe coffee part as much as what I love the caramel, caramel. part. I just love caramel. I mean, I could put caramel on a dog turd and just scarf that down. Like I'm telling you, like caramel's just rocking, man. But uh, God dang it, I I love those freaking caramel frappes over there. Uh, you know, they got they got. Every All time. kinds of stuff. They yeah, do. They, they do. really got you covered. Doesn't they matter do. if you don't drink coffee or not. They have something for you. Yep. And like I said, they're they're some of the best people in the whole entire world. So uh, if if you get a chance, you're in the area, go over and support them. Uh, um, and yeah, tell them tell them you're a dirtbag. Tell them that uh, that you heard about them on the Midwest Angler podcast, and that'd be badass. So yeah, maybe uh, they'll give you a little extra caramel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell them that I heard about them on the Midwest Angler podcast. So. No, uh, uh, this week's uh, story for me, I'm just going to say uh, I'm just kind of a little pumped up. Uh, it's the Knoxville Nationals, and we've been watching all the races uh, on my neighbor, my good buddy, Jeremy K's deck. Uh, Not just his deck. His big deck. <laughs> his big deck. He's got that big deck energy <laughs> on the backside of his house. Just, he, J- Jeremy's got this big old deck, and, and uh, we throw a TV up there, and, and he's got the patio chairs and whatnot, and uh uh, man, you know, the 360s were this last week, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, we watched we watched all of them out there uh, tonight as we're recording as the front row challenge down in Oski. And then uh, later on this week as the 410 Nationals down there in Knoxville. And, uh, man, I freaking smoked up some pork butts on yeah. Saturday and, you know, just had a barbecue beat down freaking Jeremy whipped up a bunch of baked beans like with bacon and some Cox beef in there. Yeah, and it was it was oh, dang man. good. It was freaking awesome. I I mean, I, I nearly ate myself into a true food coma. <laughs> like, the A feature was hard for me because, you know, like, once you get eating it, you know, then pretty soon you're just kind of grazing, and it's like, you yeah, know, pretty by, soon. by grazing, I mean, like, I'm getting a quarter freaking hog on my plate. <laughs> have that. Oh, guys, if, if you are listening to this yet and you have not tried Blue's Hog Raspberry Chipotle Barbecue Sauce, dear Lord. That stuff. And I'm, I mean, for those of you guys that have been listening for a long time, you guys know I am not much of a spicy guy. Right. So anything so that's Chipotle is like, yeah, probably not, Scott. <laughs> this stuff is so perfect. It, it nails you with that sweet raspberry taste. And right, you know, all of a sudden that, that burn starts coming. And right about when I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. Boom, it's done. Right. It's just, just like a, that. I mean, just awesome taste. Yep, awesome taste. Heat. Yep. So uh, give that a shot. But my good news story this week is just the Knoxville Nationals are going down. And who's and, your uh, favorite? Who who do you got pick? Who are you picking to win? Well, last night uh, Logan Schuhart won the Capitani Classic, and uh, I kind of like anyone that uh, that uh, you know winning. It, you know, I, honestly, I'm going for Logan Schuhart because he's my dude. Uh, I think Bra- Brian Brown, uh, you know, with Dark Danny Lasowski, uh, you know, wrenching on his stuff now. I I really got to think that. Uh, He's got as good a chance now as, as what he's ever going to have. So uh, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen this year. Honestly, Donnie Schatz looked freaking fast as all get out last night in the Capitani Classic. A couple more laps and he probably would have taken Shuhart. Thank God he didn't. But because um, um, I'm a Shuhart fan. He, he, he always seems like a guy that just gets better as the race goes along. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Like, because he's be, running the lines that no right. one else is, and yeah. then all of a sudden his line starts coming in, and, and it's about to go down. If they get a red flag or, yep. car, you know, somewhere they can change a few things on that car. He, yep. And, and, and of course, Kyle Larson, any race Kyle Larson's in, uh, you know, he's probably the odds-on favorite. But, uh, um, you know, and, and I love Kyle Larson. Like, I've got nothing in the world against Kyle Larson, but uh, I, I hope he doesn't win. You know, I'd, I'd like to see Donnie Schatz win again, I you know. 
probably anyone beside baby back freaking brad sweet i don't know he i i I was always a brad sweet fan and then he kind of went crying the other night and it's like nah dude not anymore not 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 for me so uh nope that's my uh that's my story and i'm sticking to it what do you got matt mine's racing related too i'm gonna All give right. a shout out to my brother mike no you should have big leagued him should have big league mike never heard of her <laughs> so this i just happened to be down at the racetrack the yeah other night and they were having a figure eight race no my brother mike uh he won the a feature the other night hell last, yeah last race of the year he's been doing this for a lot of years uh my uncle chad got us into doing the figure eight racing we spent a lot of time at my grandpa and grandma's working on cars and everything like that and mike's raced him for a lot of years he's put a lot of time into it helping us with our cars when we raced he helps some of the other guy some other guys with their cars and he at the fair race he got second in the a feature and he won the backwards that's right that's right and then the other night he pulled off the OA feature win and this is first A feature win ever. First, nice. his first one after nice. all these years. He's been in the A feature a lot. Yeah, I know he's always competitive, right? But this was the first time he won it, so it's pretty. Yep. It is pretty exciting for all Heck of yeah. us. And you Heck know, yeah. just you know, like I said, just the backstory. The other day, I kind of actually was looking through some old photos and found a photo of him and I and my grandpa standing in front of nice. one of our uncle Chad's race car or his one of his figure eight cars. So yeah, it was cool. It was a Heck lot. Yeah. Of, it was a lot of a cool experience to see so big shout out to mike yep it would have been fun to big league him and not talk anything about it but uh, <laughs> the, the backstory on that big league and deal so so there was a long time like where i i knew who mike was i had i had seen him a couple times and right. and uh you know it was one of those deals like the one of the only times that i ever saw mike we were ice fishing and so he was all kind of bundled up and yeah. so i kind of had an idea of what he looked like but i wasn't so super sure and uh the one time we went walking into the mexican restaurant downtown and and you know i see this guy and yeah i don't know him you know whatever and i just walk right by him and we get inside <laughs> and and kayla's like uh you know you know that was matt's brother and i'm like nah that wasn't matt's brother and yeah that was matt's brother so i go on i i don't know if i looked up him or his wife or something on facebook i'm like son of a bitch i think that was matt's <laughs> brother so i text matt and i'm like uh was your brother just at uh, fiesta brava and he's like yeah he says he big leagued the shit out of him <laughs> like yeah i did so, my phone but, started going off you're yeah. texting me he's texting me I'm yep. like, hey. but i think i did it twice didn't i, I? think so <laughs> i think another time i i saw him and i i kind of you know, whatever. But uh, now I know what he looks like, and I will not big league him again because he's an A feature champ. You, just, exactly you don't big right. league A feature champs. That's that's all. I've been big leaguing him until he won the A exactly. feature. Now like, it gave okay. him the motivation. So actually, this part of the the victory goes to you. So. I didn't want to take the you credit, but that, I, you gave I was, him that motivation. You picked up what I was putting down. Yep, so. <laughs> that's what it was. So, all right. No hats off to Mike, and uh, hats off to you guys for sticking with us this long. Uh, that's episode one eighty two. We'll see you next week on episode 183 later